Hello and welcome to Plotrists. This is Lane. This is Meg. And tonight we're reviewing The Widow of Rose House by Diana Biller. So this was published in 2019 and we chose it for our final read of October because it's super spooky, ghost story, scary, with a ghost hunter. So I was just telling Meg this before we started recording. I think I personally view this as a four-star book. I thought it was really good. I thought the romance was really cute. The only reason it's three stars, and I didn't mention this, is because, one, I thought there were a couple of plot inconsistencies with the ghost stuff that kind of bugged me, but more significantly, because I actually had trouble sleeping after reading this, and it was a little too scary for me, and I didn't want to read it four, read it four stars and accidentally reread it, because it was scary. <laughs> so Lane so was, was scared by this. By this. I, I personally found it very creepy and spooky and very atmospheric, but I wasn't, I wasn't scared. Well, whatever. Go ahead and brag about it. <laughs> uh, let's let's start out with the jacket. It's 1875, and Alva Webster is ready for a fresh start. After three years of being pilloried in the presses for fleeing her abusive husband, his sudden death allows her to return to New York, where she is determined to restore a dilapidated Hyde Park mansion, and hopefully her reputation at the same time. She's decidedly not supposed to fall in love. But when a haunting at her new home threatens her careful plans, she must seek help from the eccentric and brilliant and, much to her dismay, very handsome Professor Samuel Moore. Alva doesn't need more complications in her life, especially not a convention-flouting, scandal-raising one like Sam. Unfortunately, Sam is the only one who can help. Together, the two delve into the tragic secrets wreathing Alva's new home while Sam attempts to unlock Alva's history and her heart. I mean, it's this is really not a bad jacket. I think it I think it gives you the essential points. I think what's kind of missing is is they call him Professor Samuel Moore, but that doesn't really get into how intense this guy is. Yeah. He's a very much like an eccentric inventor, mad scientist. Yeah, yeah. He's a he's, uh, he actually, he's the inventor, yeah. He might be the best version of this I've read in romance novels. In romance novels, yeah. Uh there's been a lot of other examples of this type of character. Mhm and like the guy who's always got little pieces of paper or little like pieces of wire in his pockets, who's always kind of haphazardly walking through life and getting distracted by whatever strikes his fancy. And while there have been good characters with that as a sub trope, that is sort of Sam's whole personality. Yeah. And I don't hate it at all. I also love, this is the first one in a while, Gentleman Jackson's Get Fit Workout Scheme for the Eccentric Professor. I mean, lift stuff. Literally, like, he has the strength to parkour up a stone wall. He, look, he carries around all kinds of crap. He, I mean, I think he chops some wood, too, at one point in the book. I'm pretty sure he does, actually. Is that how you build muscle? Or is that, oh, he does box with his friend. Oh, yeah, he boxes, too. He does a lot of stuff. He does, you know, he's not one of those, he doesn't just do bench work. That's all, you know. <laughs> um, yes. So, you know, I'm very excited to see Gentleman Jackson again, because he is also, like, real brawny. 
He's not just like you take off his lab coat and you're surprised because there's muscles there. He's huge. Now you see him and you're like, that guy's big, you know? (laughs) He's also really tall. They call him, he's like 6'4", right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Look, he's he's from Ohio. He's like one of those corn-fed Midwestern men, basically, but in the best possible way. Like that's he's he's like the good Ohio. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Lane. I'm glad that you I'm glad you think there's a good part of Ohio. I grew up I in mean, Ohio, at, guys. <laughs> at this point, it's likely to go red on Tuesday, so I don't know what you want from me. Um, we're not talking about that right now. (laughs) All right. Uh, well, as usual, we generated a random number and then we wrote our own summaries based on that number. And this episode, the number is 24. Uh, I'll go ahead and start. Uh, okay, here we go. A hot, sexy scientist slash ghost hunter joins forces with a scandalous DIY house reno blogger, uh, I mean, author, to uncover the truth about a haunted house. There is some major, like, Instagram influencer vibes to Alva, like, trading on notoriety. Oh, totally. It's pretty good. Okay, my 24-word summary. The way to cure PTSD is to face your demons in a ghost world and have lots of sex with a scientist slash ghost hunter. If only that were truly the way to cure PTSD. And I'm not talking about the ghost world. I'm talking about having sex with a scientist slash ghost hunter. We would all be cured. Pretty much like the love of his family, sex with him, and the ghost world are what cures her of like everything. Basically. So we do have some nice romance tropes. We also have some horror movie tropes in here too which is kind of fun wow (laughs) okay should we do the the romance tropes first yes okay so she is a fallen woman because of rumors spread by her evil ex from her traumatic first husband traumatic first husband yes uh when she meets sam he feels an instant attraction to her it's pretty much love at first sight for him. Pretty much. Uh, okay, I'm just going to say it right now. Sam is totally my type, so I was so into it. I was, like, into it. I mean, Sam is, I think, like, he's he reminded me a lot of, like, Harrison Ford in the Indiana Jones movie. Like, action professor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, totally. Not quite, he's not like full Clark Kent, like full different persona, but like, you know, he's got his classroom persona and then his whoops chopping wood persona. Yeah. And they talk a little bit about his sexual experience too. And it's clear that he's, he's not a rake, but he's also not inexperienced. I think the bigger thing with him is all of his relationships have been transactional. Mm-hmm. He's never been in love before. Yeah. And he comes from this like loving family. Oh, big, crazy family, loving, big, crazy family. So that's all Sam. Sam's got a big, crazy, loving, wonderful family. Yeah. And she is the stereotypical Victorian children to be seen and not heard. Yes. Even though this is, well, is it, yeah, it is Victorian. Yeah, I guess uh, Gilded Age, since she's uh, American. But, yeah. I'm sorry. I think <laughs> in Britain. 
get it right. I think in Brit. I think in British epics. Okay. I think in British epics. Uh, and her first marriage, which ended up being horrible, could be like has a lot of romancy tropes. Oh, she was ruined and caught and forced into marriage. Turned out that her first husband had orchestrated the whole thing. Mm-hmm, because he was a fortune hunter. Mm-hmm. I do want to praise one thing here. The nature of Alva's first marriage could very well have led this to become a you don't know you're beautiful book, mm-hmm. like driven by personal insecurity about worthiness and attraction and attractiveness. And it really wasn't at all. Like, she has a lot of PTSD from her first marriage, but it's mostly, like, fear-driven, not self-worth-driven. Yeah. Like, she is scared of the things he did to her and the idea of another person doing them to her and the idea of doing them to another person. But she is not embroiled in, like, well, my first husband didn't love me, so I'm unlovable. No, And I was really, I was very scared it was going to go that direction in the beginning of the book. And then when it became clear it wasn't, I was super relieved. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, So I think those are the main romance tropes. Uh, But then we've got the the horror movie tropes. So one of the big ones is there's a mirror scare. And it's really well done, this mirror scare. It scared me. Okay, I don't watch horror movies or horror TV shows or read horror books. So I cannot talk about tropes because I don't know them. I found that mirror scene very scary. Uh-huh. So it's really scary. Mirror scheme. I feel like mirror scares are super scary. I, I think they're super scary just in general because mirrors are kind of scary in the dark. But they're especially scary for me because of the whole Bloody Mary game when you're little, you know? I got in so much trouble playing with that with my cousins when they were very little. Like, uh-huh. I think I got kicked out of a family Christmas. Like, my oh, parents yeah. had to take my sister and I home. Oh, yeah. So, you scared the little ones too much. I mean, that game is really scary. And I, I think it got me at an impressionable age. So, like, mirror scares are really, they really get me. Uh, and then there are different people experience the hauntings in different ways. Which I think is is a trope. I would say it's a horror movie trope. Like a I mean, ghost story trope. Can we just back up? Isn't haunted house a ghost story trope? Well, yeah, we could say this is a haunted house story. Yeah. So, definitely. Yeah. So, that's in there. Uh, and then, of course, the way that they manage to cure it is by, you know, figuring out how how the spirit can be at peace. So. Right. So base level of, of knowledge of ghosts in this world. It's pretty much the Gilded Age era, as you know it. People do not believe in ghosts. Everyone's a skeptic. Sam is a genius, as is the rest of his family, and they all sort of are interested in figuring out if they can prove or disprove ghosts. Yeah. Sam is definitely more of a believer. And he, when Alva purchases this house, he starts looking into it because of how relatively recent the ghost story is said to have begun, because it's only like 50 years ago. Yeah. And he uncovers tons of different people who worked there who lived in the neighborhood who have heard all these different versions of who the ghost is so the initial speculation is that it's like a hive of ghosts and that this house is like the hub of a ton of supernatural activity yeah so so yeah so Mulder Mulder 
Sam <laughs> because he wants to believe. That's what that's it why I was thinking of Mulder and Scully, obviously. But Sam is the one who like really, really wants to believe in ghosts, whereas Alva does not want to believe in ghosts. She doesn't believe in anything. She doesn't think so. Um, She's and- also really conflated this house and the projects associated with it with like her self-worth. Yeah, there's that. And then there's also, I actually thought her fears of ghosts were really interesting and they were really entwined with her past and her traumatic marriage. And I thought it was really well done. Yes. It was in that it scared me terribly. Yeah. (laughs) Is that the definition of well done? Like putting the fear of God in me? Yes, I did that. Well, I think there's that, but I, I, what I also mean though, is that it was like psychologically coherent that no, of course she was, she was just afraid of the concept of ghosts. She's afraid to believe in ghosts. Because she doesn't want to believe that someone who's dead can come back, basically. She doesn't want her husband to be able to come back and haunt her or hurt her in any way. So that's why the idea of ghosts is particularly frightening to Alva. Yes. And that manifests in the book several times. And each time, I think she learns a little about herself, but also it's articulated differently. I really, I liked her character growth a lot. Yeah, I I mean, there were there were a lot of things I really, really liked about this book. Um, First of all, I really liked this hero. Like, I I really like Sam a lot. I I guess I'm a sucker for the guy who's just not traumatized. Like, he doesn't have to like, sure, he has to grow, but he doesn't have to overcome his mistrust of women. You know, he doesn't have to. I liked that about him as a character, but I thought it was taken too far. Yeah. The idea, so Sam does not experience any ghostly happenings. mm -hmm. And they basically reveal it's because he's such a happy-go-lucky guy who's never really experienced fear and was never afraid. He was never afraid of the ghost, thus the ghost could not frighten him. (laughs) Right. But one, that's some circular logic. And two, it's one thing to say character has had like a relatively charmed life it's another to say they've never actually experienced fear look you're critiquing the ghost part which is completely valid from my perspective though as a romance hero this is the romance hero that i want oh 100 percent. right this Um, is just this book is this is two books to me a romance novel that, like, honestly would be a five out of five if it had a little bit more sex. Yeah. And a little less angst about having it. Yes. And a ghost story that I was too scared to actually read, but I also thought wasn't super logical at certain times. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. I, I really like what she tried to do. I really like what Diana Biller tried to do, which was to integrate a romance novel and a horror story. Mm-hmm. Did I love everything about it? No. I didn't. Did I love the romance? I 100% loved this romance. Yes, totally. Get behind it 100%. Yeah. Uh, So Sam, I loved. I, again, I love that he was from Ohio. I love that he came from a family of like event of, I love that he came from a family of inventors. It made me wonder if this is this, was this inspired by the Wright brothers? I don't know. I was just wondering. They're from Ohio, and they were like brothers who invented shit together. I doubt it, because that's the only parallel I can see. Like, family of inventors isn't exactly an unheard of trope. I don't know. 
So no. basically, you've just decided it's the Wright brothers because of the Ohio connection, and that's fine if you want to brag on Ohio some more. But yeah, I mean, there's a big part. Yes, the big part is the um, is the Ohio part. Yes, and you're right. Like they, their their family was not inventors. Yeah. Did you just Google that? Yes, I did. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was like, let me confirm. <laughs> I was hoping I was right, but I was not. <laughs> There's the speculation that I questioned. How dare I? Completely baseless, but I don't care. I liked her uh, home renovation book idea a lot. I thought it was really fun. I thought it was very, I thought it was topical for a reader reading right now, but also fit the time period. So I thought it was. I thought it was a perfect romance novel um, uh, profession for her. Yes. It was, it was also, how do I put this? In some romance novels, you're supposed to be, or sort of take at face value that someone has a brilliant business idea. Mm -hmm. I liked the way that this one was actually thought through and explained like it didn't get overly technical like it wasn't perfect but you learn that like she intentionally sought out a publisher that had published a book in a similar vein with a different target audience mm -hmm. you learned that she'd like structured out the nature of the chapters before she'd settled on the house mm -hmm. like little things that made you take her really seriously in this yeah. profession without being so remote the reader couldn't get into it yeah, I, I liked it a lot. I liked her profession. Um, and I just liked the idea. I just like the whole, I really just like everything about her idea. I thought it was really cool. Mm -hmm. uh, I also liked, obviously, I think this is the case for most of our romance novels, but I really liked the feminist angle. Yes. You know, a big part of what happened in the book. So what happens in the book, I'm not going to spoil, like, much of it but it's not a surprise that she has she had left her husband and she is able to purchase the house and to start the book idea because she he died and she inherited the money now this money that he had was all her money it was all her dowry but she didn't have access to it because while they were married he had all the access to it and then even if they had divorced he still would have probably retained most of the money. Well, and her plan had been to give him the money in exchange for her freedom. Yeah, just let me let me leave you. I don't care what you keep or what you do. Right. But the fact is now she kind of has the best of both worlds in that her husband is dead, so she doesn't have to be with him, and she gets all the money. Yep. Um, and I, I don't know. I just really like how these feminist ideas are framed in the historical setting. I mean, that's, let's be completely honest. That's part of the reason I love reading historical romance. Well, and I also really liked just his casual description of his mother. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's part of the appeal of Sam is how enlightened he is. Yeah. But his mom and his sister are both independent, serious inventors in their own right. He doesn't understand why they're not as famous as his father. His mother was originally a secretary in his father's lab. When his father realized she had talent, he immediately promoted her, got her her own lab, and then only dated her at that point because he recognized that dating her when she was his secretary would have been a gross misuse of his power. Like, just so many little asides to, like, recognizing power and gender imbalance. Yes. 
that he got sexier with every word he said. And I don't usually say that when romance heroes talk about their parents. Uh, yes, but it also made you understand. So it, not only was he sexier to us as the reader, but he was sexier to Alva because of her past. And it just the, just the whole thing was so coherent and it made so much sense. And it was so well integrated, I thought. Yes. Right. So I loved it. It wasn't like a, I'm going to hammer this over your head, but it was a, you know, he mentioned it and then it wasn't like she immediately fell in bed with him, but it was definitely like, oh, okay. Hadn't she already done that at that point? Yes. No, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Got it, it was, yeah. But it, I think it's what made her consider like an actual future with him. Yes. Uh, and then I thought that domestic violence was really treated. I thought it was it was tough to read, but I thought it was a good it was well written. Yes. And there's several layers of domestic violence in this book. Yeah. Um, and sort of abusive dynamics within families. Mm-hmm. And it's the more family is sort of presented as the contrast to all of that. Yeah. So there's a lot of abuse in this book, I would say, just as a general warning statement. But I do think it's taken seriously and it isn't just written to like titillate. Exactly. So many times we read about. About rape or about. Or not titillate, like shock and awe or whatever. Well, I, this is something that you talk about often, Lane, about how, OK, this guy's a bad guy. Why did he, why did you also have to make him a rapist? Mm -hmm. Right? Or yeah. this person was already a villain. Why did you also have to make him a wife beater? Mm -hmm. But here, I think it was, it was the essential character of her husband. Yes. And it wasn't, it wasn't like an extra little, oh yeah, he's so bad that he even did this. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the difference. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, but it's also sometimes violent scenes are described in a graphic and gratuitous way. Yeah. And I don't feel like that really happened here. Like, yes, it was described graphically, but I do think it served a purpose in the narrative yes. and I could easily identify it. Like it wasn't unnecessary. Exactly. It was absolutely triggering. So if you can't handle reading domestic violence, do not read this book. Mm -hmm. But I don't think it was for shock value right exactly okay so basically as a romance novel this is stellar like mm -hmm. absolutely great what okay so i think i think lane and i had different issues with the ghost story portion so i think lane was more like actually scared yeah i Correct. personally i wasn't super scared i okay guys i don't believe in ghosts i don't love listening to ghost stories I think they're kind of silly whatever what I would have really liked to see here would have it would have retained a lot of the scary stuff like the mirror scare would have stayed in there um mm. a lot of what Alva feels and how she reacts would have remained in the book so I think it would have still been scary but what I really would have liked would have been that Sam realizes that there's actually no ghost or something supernatural but instead it's something else that's causing the haunting so for example carbon monoxide carbon monoxide can cause 
um, hallucinations, auditory hallucinations, things like that. So the, uh, I heard a thing, I listened to a, a radio program about it the other day and it was so fascinating, but apparently a lot of old, a lot of hauntings can be traced to carbon monoxide, which is really fascinating to me. So that could have been in there. It could have been the villain in the book because there is a villain in the book who could totally have been the ghost of her husband. Mm -hmm. there it could have been her publishers wanting to get more bang for the buck with the house and like where they're like we're going to publish a book about a haunted house that we're renovating you know I don't know for me I was I was not expecting there to be a ghost and when it turned out to actually be a ghost I was like oh this is a different story than I was expecting interesting okay I think because I avoid the horror genre most of the time whether it's actual ghost stories hauntings and spooky stuff or what you're talking about sort of the fake out that there is a logical explanation that has scientific basis that is not supernatural mm -hmm. to these factors uh, none of it same old same old to me yeah to, so to i don't it, think that struck me as much yeah to me it really ended up being the 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 end of the story ended up being very much just a, yeah, a same old, same old ghost story. Okay, it's a ghost. Once they figure out it's a ghost, oh, we got to do some research on the ghost past and figure out how to bring the ghost to, to peace. And then once they figure out what to do, the ghost leaves. I mean, this is in so many different movies, so many different books. I was like, eh. I do. I think it was interesting that Sam's scientific method of tracking and identifying ghosts sort of ended up being a red herring. Mm, yes. Uh-huh. I thought it was quite ironic. Like, he's not even really involved in a lot of the significant sequences. Mm -mm. So, not really sure what the point of going over all of his ghost hunting equipment was, but whatever, it got them together. Yeah, I mean... That's that's what I'm saying is I didn't need there to be an actual haunting. I I wanted there to be a romance. And we got a romance. We had a romance. But I'm saying if there was an actual haunting, I wish they would have made his ghost science a bigger part of it. Yeah, his ghost science was really he never got proof. And that was his whole thing. Like he wanted proof of the ghost. He wanted proof that there was a supernatural. But he just ended up helping helping the ghost find the light. <laughs> Which, you know, is, is fine, but it's it's very much, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I mean, I'm, I, I do enjoy a horror movie now and then. And the ones I really like are the ones that have a little, you know, horror movies are supposed to have a twist ending, right? Mm -hmm. I'm thinking of The Ring, for example. So in The Ring, they basically do this. They do a whole investigation. Where was this person? How can we bring her to peace? Blah, blah, blah. And... They think they've brought her to the light. They think everything is good. But then it turns out, actually, they didn't realize something. And, you know, it, it doesn't work out. It's a very creepy movie. And I love the twist. It's really good. But this movie basically stopped before the final twist, which you have to do. This isn't a horror movie. This is a romance. So I get it. You have to stop before the final twist, right? Right, because, like... Ultimately, most horror movies want to leave you with a, oh, shit. Yeah. Like, there's still ongoing trauma, whereas this is first and foremost a romance that wants to leave you with a happily ever after. Right. Which is, which is why, in my opinion, it would have been better served by a, a non-supernatural villain 
or natural occurrence. Because then you wouldn't have had the same desire. Like you're, you're more comfortable with those being wrapped up with a bow. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if you're actually going to go supernatural and spooky, you want it to end ambiguously. Yeah, I, I, you know, another epilogue that was like, I don't know, Sam's sister is like, she woke up scared in her bed one night. She didn't know what was going on. You know, I don't know. Of course, do I want I that to happen? No. That. No, but, I want these two people to live happily ever after into the sunset. I know, I know. So anyway, to me, it was a, it was a very interesting genre mix mm-hmm. that, that I do feel fell slightly flat on the, on the horror movie, the horror thriller front. But yeah. it was very startling. It was very atmospheric. So there were things that were really good about it. I would call this a romance with a ghost story subplot. Yes, agreed. Mm-hmm. Not a true hybrid. Yeah. Uh, okay. So trigger warnings, content warnings. We've already talked about um, domestic violence, but it's described. So her neglect and abuse as a child by her family is described. Her abuse... Um, from her husband is described. So other spousal abuse situations are described and the ghost origin story is not a pretty one. Yeah. That said, there's no sexual violence in the book. Nope. Which is, which gets a <laughs> four thumbs up, two from Megan, two from Wayne. <laughs> so that was, that was good. And honestly, I mean, especially that, there was nothing in this book that I had any issue with. Nope. Yeah. I mean, it's great. So uh, was this book sexy? Yeah. So here's the thing. I do think the sexiness was sort of brought down by the need to have the ghost story in the book. Yeah. Like, so they have one really really good initial hookup and it was a twist on the we've talked before about the hey I want you to kiss me trope mm-hmm. and this time it was just, she's like hey I want you to have sex with me and it was I was taken aback by it as I'm sure Sam was and it was very good and that scene was very good guys and then I, I, before we move on from this scene I just want to let you know this was like sinister level two full chapters but the thing is They'd only had, like, one sort of half-page kiss before that. So I am not going to lie to you. When this got as intense as it did, I was shocked. Like, it's just not what I'd seen coming in what, to that point, had kind of been a meet-cute ghost story. hmm But it's, I mean, guys, it's really hot. It's, like, so first of all, hot. He climbs the wall into her bedroom window. Points. Mm-hmm. He strips totally naked before she does. Points. He describes what he's going to do to her in graphic detail before he does it. Points. Then he does it. Points. Like, yeah, this was very good. It it was really good. And then even even when things could have been problematic in this sex scene, what does Sam do? He stops and he's like, hey, seems like maybe something's going on here. They talk about it and then the sex gets even better. Sam's only goal is to get her to talk to him, and it's so sexy, it's so stupid, and I hate myself, and I loved it. No, like, I'm not kidding. Sam is, like, our favorite. This is our romance hero, guys. Yeah. So, then, 
at the end of that, Sam realizes he wants a relationship and Alva is still too put off by her past experiences to want to commit to anyone. And so then there's like a huge drought where they're not even kissing. It's so stupid. Yeah, that's and pretty frustrating. They finally hook up again at the end and it's not that graphic. They they hook up. It's not bad. But the worst, the worst is that there's a missed opportunity and they even pointed out in the text. He was like, oh, wait, mm. you were thinking about that at that point? Why didn't you say something? And I thought, yeah, Alva, why didn't you say something? It's not bad, but it's definitely more cute and it's more to set up subsequent angst. Mm-hmm. There is never a sex scene when they're both on the same page. Yeah, there's and no... That- is a yeah. pet peeve of mine. I was going to say, this is like Lane's thing. She always wants that sex scene after the conflict has been resolved. Or like there are plenty of romance novels we've read where the main couple isn't actually the conflict. Mm-hmm. So like there's yeah. plenty of angst-free sex throughout. But like if the two characters are not on the same page and that is the conflict that they've expressly wanted different things or one person's not totally in, I do want a like tied up with a bow. We are happy now sex. And that's what I think bothered me about this is, like I said, I think it was a romance novel first and a ghost story second. But I do think the ending was the ghost's ending. It was very ghost, ghosty, ghost story ending. Yeah. Except happy. Except happy. It was was more the ghost happily ever after than Elva's. Yes. And Sam's. And I wanted Elva and Sam's. Yeah. Good point. This is a very good point. Like, not that they are unhappy, but that was not the focus of the epilogue. Like, they're together, they're married, whatever. They end up together, spoiler. (laughs) But, like, I didn't feel like, for all of them, the book was clearly focused on Alva and Sam. The resolution was focused on the ghost. Yeah. Yeah. But all in all, this is an extremely satisfying romance. It's a really fun book. And if you're looking for a really good, like, Halloween-y, spooky romance, I think this is the one to go for, honestly. I mean, if my terror is any indication, absolutely. I I didn't know what to expect when I went into this book, and I, I will say I was so into it. I really enjoyed it a lot. It was really fun. The one thing I'll say for our Instagram followers is um, I enjoyed this so much more than The Rose of Winslow Street. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I'm sorry that I exploited your pain like that, Lane. All good. As always, thank you guys so much for listening. We'd love it if you would rate, review, and subscribe.